0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Welcome to the Roadwire Prospect Podcast. I'm your host, James Anderson. Uh, today, we are going to do our June mailbag episode we've been doing these every wednesday the final final wednesday of every month i should say and once again really uh, appreciate all the thoughtful questions that you guys sent in to me on twitter this morning uh very much appreciate it. i know it's kind of the the dog days of summer and there'll be no shortage of questions on next month's mailbag episode because that'll be uh, come in directly after a massive update to the top 400 prospect rankings. So uh, before to ch- be, be sure to check that one out, but really appreciate all the questions you guys sent in this week. Uh, I did get some questions about when the prospect rankings are getting updated. Uh, I've tried to make this as clear as possible, but they there will be a huge update after the draft. It's just kind of, you know, it's kind of impossible for me to do both of those things at once and do a good job on both of those things so i'm really in the weeds in draft prep mode right now uh and then after the draft uh probably about a week to 10 days after the draft there'll be a big update to the prospect rankings but then there will be basically monthly updates from there there'll be a, a big update at the end of august there'll be a big update at the end of the regular season and so that should, should keep you guys, uh, uh, up to date in terms of, you know, who's moving up, who's moving down. Uh, I'd also recommend checking out the prospects live, uh, mock MLB draft tonight that I'm participating in. Uh, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, uh, you might be able to still tune into it while it's alive. Otherwise I'm sure they're going to post it up on YouTube after that. Uh, but, uh, let's, let's get to the, let's get to the questions. Let's get to the, the mailbag. Uh First question here is from PFBL Dodgers, and he wants to know uh, what I see this uh, – what or what I think the reason is for Nick York's struggles so far this season. Um, he asks if he's still catching up after his injuries. Did we have too high of expectations after last year? Uh, so, you know, maybe I – in hindsight, I maybe ranked him a little bit too high coming into the year. But on the whole, I'm, I'm really not concerned at all. Um, I'd recommend following Chris Clegg, uh, uh, who works for Fantrax, but he's also been kind of covering the high A Greenville beat, uh, kind of the Nick York beat almost for Sox prospects. And, uh, you know, the injuries are, are were definitely an issue – um, I think he dealt with the turf toe and uh, like a maybe a back issue. Um, but I don't. I I would be buying low wherever you can on Nick York. I'm still a, a full believer in him, so I wouldn't expect to see him, uh, you know, fall drastically uh, on next uh the next update. Uh, Ryan Winshittel wants to know uh, if. Jackson, where Jackson Churio is going to move up on the next update, um, you know I think he's he's basically worth as much to me right now as the number one pick in a in a first year player draft for next year, which for me is is probably Drew Jones. I, I would be valuing those two similarly. Uh, you know I think that's that's to me roughly fifteenth overall on the top four hundred. Uh, I still like Jordan Lawler more if we're just talking about uh, top performing single A hitters. Uh, and then Dan wanted to know if Jackson Trurio is getting, um, or if, if we're concerned about the the strikeout rate, a uh, 28.7% strikeout rate, 7.4% walk rate at, at low A. And then he wanted to know just kind of what is the threshold for an acceptable K rate in the lower levels. Uh, you know, the, that would be a concerning strikeout rate for sure. If he were say a 20 year old or 21 year old at low a, Uh, but high twenties to me is, is fine if you're the youngest hitter at a level and you've got uh, a power speed game that, that Churio has. And so, you know, the fact that he's still uh, younger than some high schoolers who are going to get taken in, in this upcoming draft and is doing this much damage at low a it's it's not that big of a red flag i mean if if he were doing all this and the strikeout rate was like 16 percent or something then we'd probably be talking about him as top 10 top eight prospect something like that but um you know, the, the guys that have the, the power-speed combo and are doing just a, a ton of damage and are the youngest players in their league, they get a bit more leeway with the, the strikeout rate, I think, um, kind of for, for obvious reasons there. Uh, J-Dub wanted to know uh, what I'm advising with anyone who has Adley in keeper leagues with limited roster spots. Uh, I would just be I would just be plugging uh, Adley into your active lineup I mean if you've if you've also got Will Smith or, or Dalton Varshaw or something in a, in a one catcher league then uh, maybe trade somebody but Adley is easily a top 10 catcher rest of season for me he's been uh, everything he was supposed to be basically over the last few weeks two weeks Um like I, I recently traded Adley for Tyler Anderson straight up in a 14-team uh, redraft league with seven-man benches, where I'd lost Salvador Perez. So I'm I'm very uh, excited to roster Adley right now in basically any format. I think he's a top, you know, six or seven catcher rest of the season. Uh, and he plays he plays a ton, uh, which is great. Uh, Patrick wants to know how. Uh, I'm feeling about Dustin Harris. Uh, There was a ton of hype on him last year and he hasn't heard this much, that much this year. I think the reason you haven't heard much is because he's basically doing exactly what anyone should have hoped he'd be doing. He hasn't been any better than expected. He hasn't been any worse than expected. So uh, just kind of, you know, picked up where he left off last year, uh, showing some power, uh, hitting the ball, Uh, on a line a ton. I mean, I I still like Harris a lot. He hasn't ascended into like being a top 20 prospect um, this year, but that that's fine. Uh, Stone wants to know if Austin Hendrick and his 40% K rate is scary. Are you still holding on? Uh, You know, still holding on is, is, is a little strong for a a guy that I had ranked three seventy six on the last update. I mean, I'm, I'm, that was kind of just a, you know, this guy's pedigree is is really good. I don't want to bump him off the list just yet, type of ranking. But I'm pretty close to writing Hendrick off as a guy that you need to to pay attention to uh, for most dynasty leagues. I mean, the the swing and miss is just a massive problem for him, and that was one of the fears when he was when he was drafted. Uh, and then Stone also wanted to know if if Nick Bitsko was worth a flyer. Uh, and then he cited that he's got, you know, bad stats in rookie ball after the, the shoulder surgery. Uh, I actually I was stashing or I was rostering Bitsko as a flyer in uh, in a dynasty league. Just I mean, the upside is off the charts with him uh, after he got cleared to to resume uh, pitching. I, I scooped him up. Then I dropped him like after after he struggled. But uh, that said, I I mean, I noticed his last time out was by far his best outing. So maybe he is, you know, still flyer, uh, material. I mean, back in that draft, I liked Bitsko's stuff and upside more even than like Mick Abel. Uh, but the, I mean, health issues have just been uh, a big time hindrance to that. But, uh, now that he's healthy pitching, he's coming off his best start. Uh, I know when we had Nate, I had Nate Andy on, uh, a couple episodes ago, or I think actually I was just texting with Nate Handy and, uh, we were just kind of talking about how a lot of pitching prospects are only as good as their last start basically. And uh, I think that, you know, that's too simplified, but I do think that's largely something that you should be looking at. Like if you're looking at a, a pitching prospect, I would not go to a pitching prospects fan page and just be like, Oh, this is how he's done this year. I would look at his game log and, uh, you can do that on on Rotomire.com and just look at the the game log and and see what they've been doing over the last four starts, or over the last five starts, or whatever, and that that'll give you a better sense of of things because these guys are just changing uh, so rapidly even in season. So I think the fact that Bitsko is coming off a nice outing, I think I would definitely I would suggest grabbing him as a as a flyer, especially in deeper leagues, because he does have uh, ace level upside, even if he's just you know still a 10 out of 10 risk wise uh Ulysses wants to know the long-term outlook for Michael Massey who's a second baseman in the Royal system he's up at AAA now um yeah I mean Massey's a big lift and pull guy it's it's working well for him right now uh I'd, I'd always been a bigger Nick Lofton guy in that system because I thought Lofton had the better hit tool he probably still does and I thought Lofton had more defensive versatility, a chance to be a threat on the bases. Uh, he he still has those edges over Massey, but uh, Massey's getting to the game power uh, right now. And he's the one at triple-A. Lofton's still at the double-A, I believe. Uh, it's it's still a little crowded there in Kansas City. Uh, they seem to just have a few too many guys, even though you know we don't expect all those guys to be good. But... Uh, for a second baseman like that, you know, you kind of need to have that clear path in there. Um, so I don't, I don't know if that happens this year, maybe he gets a look in spring big league spring training and maybe gets that shot sometime next season. But, um, there's, there's like a thin, there's a thin margin for error with a guy like Massey where it's, you know, it's second base. Uh, he, he doesn't really work the count a ton. Uh, so he really needs to, hit for a decent average, get to that power in games. Uh, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't go overboard on, on Massey, even though he is performing well as, a, as an older player at triple a um, Ulysses also wanted to know uh, about history Ruiz and uh, does he get the call? If so, how do his video video game numbers translate to MLB pitching? Uh, I mean, it's just a, it's a big unknown. I mean, the, I think he will get the call and I, I mean the, the Padres, I wouldn't expect them to just leave Triple A all, all summer, but it's, it's really tough to say how he's going to translate against them. be pitching. Cause I mean, he's, he's in the PCL right now. Um, I, I do think that he is extremely interesting just because of the game we play the five by five Roto game specifically, like in, in points leagues, he's, he's much less interesting. Um, but he does have the potential to be a 40 plus steal guy in the majors and maybe even steal more bases than that. So, I mean, I think he's just such a tough guy to rank. Cause I don't think any ranker feels uh, that confident that he's going to be a, like, I, I would probably take the under on him being like a, a true league average hitter in his first full season in the big leagues. Uh, but, as long as he's playing every day, and I think he's been good enough this year where he, he probably gets a chance to play every day for them, then the, the steals will add up, and, and he's he's not a zero-power guy. So um, I think he gets the call this season, and the, the speed should at least translate. Uh, BeerBot wants to know, uh, how many starts do we need to see before uh, Force Whitley gets a big push up the rankings? He, he notes that he looked good in his last outing. Uh you know you know I can't wait to push Force Whitley back up uh the rankings. Uh just uh really great to see him come back like this. Uh I think I on a few episodes ago, maybe a couple months ago, I kind of compared Whitley to maybe the pitching version of uh Royce Lewis before Royce Lewis had the other injury. Uh, Where just like who knows what we're gonna get from this guy in terms of performance this season, but he still has the the ceiling is still there, and so if Whitley just keeps stacking good starts, I mean he's got another you know four weeks before I submit the next big update to the the top four hundred rankings. Like if he just keeps stacking good starts, uh, you're gonna see Whitley pretty high uh, because I've always just been uh, enamored with Whitley's upside. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's a guy that actually might be out there in some some dynasty leagues, so you might want to scoop him up. Uh, Aaron, who I play in a couple dynasty leagues with, wanted to know if Dom Fletcher for Arizona, Dominic Fletcher for Arizona, is someone on my radar. Uh, I, you know, he's obviously – he's on – he should be on everyone's radar just based on the performance this year at A AA and AAA, but I still think there's some significant uh, quad-A risk with Dom Fletcher, and I think he's a great sort of test case for uh, discussing the the hitter friendly conditions that Diamondbacks hitting prospects play in in the upper levels. Uh, uh, someone on Twitter brought this up to me and was kind of arguing passionately that you know we should dial back the excitement about Corbin Carroll because he plays in Amarillo, <clears throat> which is a, a an extremely hitter friendly park and Corbin Carroll has those those home road splits, but I think Dom Fletcher is much more the type of prospect where you start weighing those conditions, those hitter friendly conditions because um, he was not a guy like it's Dom Fletcher was not ranked coming into the year. He's older. He had, did not have a a long track record of being this type of hitter. I mean, he'd been kind of league average. Like he'd, he'd done some things, but, uh, when a guy like that sort of pops up and is putting up these these massive numbers with significant home road splits and they play in a park like Amarillo when he was at double and now he's in the PCL. Uh, just a lot of kind of indicators to me of a potential quad A guy. So, you know, I, he's probably going to be ranked on the next update. Uh, top 20 prospect in the, the Diamondback system, I think. Probably someone who gets a shot here at some point but again they've kind of got a crowded outfield situation like i think jake mccarthy deserves um a shot like another shot uh they just they have a lot of guys they have a lot of mouths to feed there um corbin carroll obviously is going to be the long-term center fielder uh alec thomas is obviously locked in there Uh, they're, they're going to need to have a spot for dalton varsha when he's not catching so it's pretty crowded for Fletcher. Uh, Joey Day Clerk wants to know if Colin Barber in the Astros system is going to be moving up the rankings, and he wants to know like how I view him. Uh, again, this actually this is I didn't do this on purpose, but another one where we we should look at the the home park uh, at basically every hitter at high a for the astros that i that i can remember kind of coming across this year has video game numbers and that's because they play their home games in asheville and uh, colin barber has a 685 ops on the road and this isn't you know he's not a pop-up guy like colin barber was has been on the top 400 in, in the past he's someone i've rostered in dynasty leagues in the past i mean the tools are legit uh, good pedigree and everything like that so He's a he's a prospect for sure. He's not a guy who like this year what he's doing. Thanks to Asheville, has him just shooting up the rankings or anything like that though. Uh, Alex Hoffman wanted to know about Sedan Rafaela with the Red Sox. Uh, what do I view his future as, and how much will he move up the rankings? Um. Rafael is a, a tough guy. Uh from I'm, I'm kind of on the fence. I mean, he he's he's earned being a top one hundred prospect at this point, certainly. Uh, but he's got the you know, he's got the super low walk rates, really aggressive uh approach. Uh, but on the other hand, he's he's athletic, he's got bat speed, he's got a knack for barreling the ball, uh, could provide defensive value up the middle. So he, he checks a lot of boxes, but I do kind of, I you know, when I watch video of him, I do sort of see uh, just a, a very aggressive hitter, and, and sometimes that translates. I mean, he has he has the bat speed you'd want for that type of profile. Sometimes it just leads to a guy uh, really falling flat in the in the upper levels, like uh, AAA, big leagues, that type of thing. So, uh, I would. He's a guy that I'd probably be trying to sell high on at some point this season. Maybe you just let him kind of keep building up those double A numbers, and then you sell high. But uh, if someone's willing to value uh, Rafaela as like a top thirty prospect or anything like that, I would I'd probably cash him out. Just because I'm, I'm not not sold on the approach, um, but I mean he he's he's a top one hundred prospect for sure. Uh, Alex also wanted to know. Who are two or three other prospect evaluators you trust the most and dynasty players should follow? Uh, That's a very, you know, uh, there's a lot, there's many more than two or three. Um, I love chatting uh, like offline, like texting with, you know, like Jeff, Jeff Ponce, uh, baseball, America, uh, Dylan White of uh, prospects live, Jesse Roach uh, baseball prospectus. I think those guys do a really good job of kind of combining the the eye test and the, the stats and they've got they've got really good takes on things. Also uh, you know you should you should be listening to Chris Welsh's prospect one podcast. It's probably my, my favorite prospect podcast to listen to. Actually it's the only one I, I listen to uh, with with any regularity. Um, Mike Sheets who uh ran away with tout wars draft and hold my first year in, in tout wars uh wants to know if i'm still as high on on brian rocchio uh with the guardian guardians as i was uh before the season uh i'm i'm probably going to be pretty stubborn on on rocchio. i know like i've had you know dozens of people probably ask me you know is, is he a faller is he someone that you should drop for this guy or that guy like you know you can do whatever you want like if if you're not buying Rokio, then I'm, I'm not going to say you, you have to hold him. Uh, I don't think he'll move outside the top 50 on the next update. Uh, I still don't really see any major red flags. Um, you know, he's actually like he's he obviously uh, was great last year at double A. He's back at double A. He's 21 years old he's four months younger than sedan Rafaela, who just got the bump up to double a so like he's just he was so far ahead of schedule after last season um I just don't think there's a there's not enough here to me to to really react in a in a major way obviously his trade value probably uh down quite a bit but I would be – he's another guy. Him and, him and Nick York, I'm going to be pretty stubborn on. I would be trying to buy low on those guys. Uh, Artur Dominguez <clears throat> wants to know when I expect Uri Perez and Daniel Espino to get called up. Uh, he threw out spring 2023. And then what are, what's my long-term outlooks for them? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think spring 2023 is – very pinpoint in terms of if if they're both healthy, I think that's absolutely in play. Uh, Espino, I think, has the better pure stuff, but I also kind of get more injury risk vibes from him. But I mean, I, with with either guy, like if you're thinking about trading them, if you're thinking about trading for them, uh, just just kind of assume that they're going to have Tommy John surgery at some point in the next five years if they don't then great like you dodged a major bullet but like I would I would just kind of assume that that's going to happen and you probably miss about two years worth of production from that uh I also assume that they're both going to be really awesome I don't see a ton of performance risk there with with those guys uh with Perez and Espino um but I mean now is now is not the time to go trading for those guys. I've I've heard of some trades you guys have made for those guys and their are overpays. Um you're you're paying for you're paying for something that you're you're kind of dreaming about happening, like a kind of a fairy tale situation with those guys. And uh that could happen for, for a time, but I mean like you, you shouldn't be trading like Jordan Walker or Jordan Lawler for those guys. Um Matt uh m fest uh, wanted to piggyback off the espino question and ask what range of prospect bat you would move him for uh i think you got to aim high and i think you got to wait until espino is back in game action he's still coming back from that knee issue um you know i think i would like i would aim as high like I, I i've heard of people trading like jordan walker for uri perez so i would i would go after the you know jordan lawler jordan walker miguel vargas jackson churio uh can you get the number one first year player draft pick for for espino and and take drew jones can you get ellie de la cruz i would probably rather roll the dice on ellie de la cruz uh but like if you're if you can't get just a, a blue chip guy you're super excited about I think you just you hold um, at some point you'll be able to get something like that and uh, unless you know blow out their elbow but I wouldn't I wouldn't just trade him just to trade him because he's a pitcher I mean you gotta hold out for for what they're worth uh, Matt wants to know if Davison de los Santos uh, with the Dimebacks has past guys like James Wood uh triantos kevin alcantara uh he's he's past triantos uh but i don't think he's past wood or alcantara i think they're those guys are all really good and i think wood and alcantara have uh, more well-rounded skill sets with similar power potential uh, ross red is there anything or is there something going on with James Triantos' swing that is preventing him from hitting for power? Or is it uh, a park thing? Uh, he cites Myrtle Beach being a tough place to hit. It It is. I mean, I think you can look at the swing. Uh, he's using the whole field, and he's only hitting 25% fly balls. So that's just not a recipe for much game power when you're a 19-year-old. If you're, you know, he could, Triantos could, could um, compromise his hit tool and just try to pull and lift everything. And he'd have way more than two home runs right now, but that might've actually hurt his prospect value because the hit tool might not look as good. So I think the power will come for Chiantos. Uh Toolsy asked about Ricky Tiedemann. Uh, am I expecting his rise to continue? Am I pushing him up my rankings? Um, I'd go back and uh, I'd listen to that uh, Toolshed podcast I did with uh, Eric Cross and Chris Welsh from a couple weeks ago. You should be able to find that if you, you search for that on Twitter. Uh, I On that podcast, I basically said, and I think I tweeted out afterwards, I think Tiedemann's basically a top 10 pitching prospect at this point. He's trending way up. I mean, he's kind of He's uh, the lefty version, you know, of kind of following in the Espino-Uri Perez footsteps, you know. I mean, it's that similar type of upside. Uh, tools, he also wanted to know, is it time to cut Akil Badu in a 16-team dynasty where about 10 prospects are owned uh, per team? Uh, yeah, I think that's that's totally fine. Uh, I mean, you don't have to cut Akil Badu, but I... If you cut Akil Badu and I was in that league, I wouldn't rush out to pick him up. All right, let's head to a quick uh, message from our sponsors.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: okay uh dan wants to know if i still or he says he still feels like we're not talking enough about asturio ruiz and gunnar henderson and what's keeping them out of the top 10 uh well i those (laughs) those are probably the two most talked about prospects that i see people talking about on on my twitter feed and maybe with the exception of like vinnie pascantino so I don't know if I buy the premise that they're not being discussed enough, but the only thing keeping Gunnar Henderson out of the top ten is I haven't updated my rankings yet. Uh, he he's an easy top ten guy for me at this point. Um, you know, maybe maybe even top five. Um, Lister Ruiz kind of touched on him a little earlier, but he's more kind of like a borderline top ten guy. Uh, I compared him to Jonathan Vr on last week's pod, and uh that's you know for good and for ill, like v r was v r had a season where he's a top ten uh, fantasy player. Ruiz could easily have a season where he's a top ten fantasy player, but uh, I don't think it's a slight to take a guy like Ruiz who was unranked coming into the year and say he's just a borderline top ten guy at this point after less than three months. Uh, Robert Mershack, a uh, friend of the show, uh, co-manages some teams with my my old partner, Ian Kahn. Uh, he wants to know uh, how I look at older prospects such as David VR with the Giants and J.J. Uh, Medijavich with the Astros when trying to find the next Max Muncy type without much prospect pedigree. Uh, This is, yeah, this is kind of a a dark art that is very imprecise and very difficult to sort of pinpoint, like finding the next Max Muncy. Um, You know, you're going to be wrong more than you're right. I think the the main things you're looking for are just extreme plate skills. Uh, You want the walk rate to be, you know, over 12% probably. Uh, You want the strikeout rate to be under 20%. So you want them to just have total command of of the count uh, or of the the at bat I should say and you can look back at Max Muncie's numbers in the upper levels and that that's that's right there Um you also want the 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 hard hit data should be off the charts I, I think especially if they're at at AAA um So that to me that kind of rules out uh Matt uh VR is a bit more interesting uh He'd be a more interesting, I think, if he were traded because he's a right-handed hitter. So you got to worry about him being short-side platooned with the Giants at least early on. He's also got a 28% K rate and he's 25 years old. So, um, you know, you you want you kind of almost want <clears throat> now. Vinny Pasquantino isn't a Max Muncie type because he, uh, you know, he he's been someone that people have been talking about for for a while now. Um, people were. Awaiting his debut. I don't think anyone was awaiting Max Muncie's big league debut, but uh, you kind of, you want the plate skills to be about as good as what Pascantino had. Uh, you can maybe have a higher strikeout rate, but, and then we have the road to our hard hit data for prospects. I'd go check that out under uh, batted ball uh, stats, I think under prospects. And you want, you want that hard hit rate to be nice and green, uh, you know, mid thirties. Uh, John Dobos. Uh, CJ Abrams, are we worried about his MLB at bats, or is he just adjusting to MLB? Uh, the latter, not not worried about CJ Abrams. Um, Marco Luciano, is he going to get promoted to Double A soon? Uh, he hasn't played in about a month with a back strain, so um, no, nothing really to see there. Uh, and he wants to know if I'm still high on Pedro Leon. Possible ETA. Uh, I think I'm I'm vindicated on my power speed projection on Pedro Leon, but uh, the hit tool hasn't really come along the way I hoped. And I don't really see them throwing him to the wolves this year, just given I, I just, I think he'd fall flat. So, I think the, the path with Leon is you probably, you know, you hope that he makes a ton of noise in big league spring training next year. And maybe then uh, we, we sort of see a path to him uh, joining that lineup. Uh, but the Astros might also kind of tell us, you know, how much he's in the plans based on any roster moves they make and whether center field is open for him. Uh, uh, the last question from, from John is, uh, Caleb Killian, Chase Silseth, Reed Detmers. Are we holding or dropping in dynasty? Uh, I'd, I'd honestly like to hold all, all three, uh, you know, depend. all, all of this always depends on like what quality of, of guy are you picking up for them? Um, you know, Eno and I have Silseth in, uh, Devil's Rejects dynasty. We haven't dropped him yet. We've been close to dropping him a couple times. Um, I am not quitting Reed Detmers at all in Dynasty. I just think there's no there's no explanation to me. I mean, I maybe it was like a spider attack type of thing, but th- like there's no reason that his his off speed stuff can't get back to where it was last year. I mean, I think that's the main thing holding him back. And, you know, for as as kind of up and down and mostly down it was this year for Detmers. I mean, there's still some positives to take away. I mean, he had a he had a whip that was way better than league average, which is uh pretty hard to do when you're missing as few bats as he was. So uh, I think Detmers, you know, you we, we want to keep tabs on him next year in spring training, maybe even later this season, see how the stuff looks. But yeah, I'm I'm definitely holding Detmers and then uh Killian um you know, I think he's he's in just such a good situation that that Cubs rotation it's going to be wide open for him. Still a great division to pitch in. Um, the he just hasn't looked looked as good as he did last year, and that's just been the case all season long. Even when he had really good numbers in the minors uh, before these these blowups in the big leagues, and he's been kind of thrown to the wolves a little bit in the big leagues in some of those starts. Where I think one of them was like ninety. Plus degrees, the wind blowing out in Wrigley, and like there was, you know, another, like, I think, pretty tough matchup, uh, if I recall. So, uh, Killian, I don't think he's as bad as his big league numbers, but he also hasn't pitched as, as well and hasn't looked as good as he did towards the end of last season. Uh, Dan, uh, do you have any good source for monitoring injuries in minor league baseball? And then he mentions Corbin Carroll. Uh, you know, you you want to check on their MILB.com page, see if they're actually on the IL, which Corbin Carroll is. Uh, I usually do a bunch of Twitter searches and message people I know connected with the teams to try to figure out what the injury is, but I uh, couldn't even track anything down on Corbin Carroll. He's been on the IL for like three or four days and there's nothing out there on why he's on the IL. And he's the number one prospect in baseball, so that that tells you right there how hard it is to track down uh, injuries for for minor leaguers. Uh, you, you you might see um, you know mlb.com does a bunch of good articles at the very you know at the end of spring training where they say which prospects are gonna open the year on the IL. Uh, baseball America did a really good article about a month ago. I think that was Kyle Glazer. Just going org by org and you know, saying which guys are hurt, which guys aren't. So that stuff's always useful, but when it's just a a random thing and there's no sort of article attached to it, sometimes you just never find out. Um, Like Luis Matos was on the IL for uh, or just stopped playing for for a long time. We could never really figure it out for at least a few weeks. Uh, M Fest. uh, Let's see. He wants to know about Brennan Davis. Like if you were already questioning the hit tool and he's hurt uh can you give a few reasonable examples of prospects you would try to flip him for um this is just not a a good scenario to be trying to trade brennan davis of the cubs he's basically damaged goods at this point uh you're not going to get anywhere close to fair value for him from like a talent standpoint uh given the fact that he's got a significant injury and he, and he performed poorly before that. Uh, so I would recommend holding if you, you know, if you're dead set on cashing him out and just getting what you can for him right now, uh, maybe try for like a Curtis Mead or Spencer steer type. But, um, I think you, you really gotta, uh, hold him. I think that's, that's the way to go there. Cause I, he could, he could rebound pretty easily. Like if we, if you know, we don't know how much that injury was affecting the play. Uh, we could get to spring training next year, and he could be the talk of Cubs camp, and then the the value's way back up. So I just I wouldn't want to trade him right now. Uh, Matt Sabron wants to know. Sebron uh, wants to know my thoughts on Will Benson uh, the Guardians. A uh, former top 100 prospect, I believe, and uh, certainly a guy that had a lot of ups and downs on the top 400. I bet if you looked at his chart on his wire page, it would be pretty funny. Uh, he notes the massive drop in K rate and the fact he's still walking a lot with the power and the speed. Uh, can things just click for prospects like this that were drafted out of high school? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, His, his org mate, uh, Oscar Gonzalez, for instance, had been ranked for about as as long as Benson. They both kind of went up and down and uh, both fell off the rankings. Now Gonzalez is is actualizing those tools that made him so appealing in the first place. And uh, Benson just turned 24. So I'm, I'm pretty intrigued at what Benson's doing. I mean, he was a guy that, I always wanted to believe in. I mean, the swing and miss had always been there, but uh, like Matt Sites, I think it's like 22% K rate for for Benson right now at AAA. <laughs> All right, Ross Red K again. A couple couple of guys kind of flying under the radar. Uh, he said uh, Eric Longenhagen at Fangrass had a glowing report on Brandon Fat and. Uh, said it sounds like stuff is ticked up is is a bad home park hiding a rising arm and then he said the other one is ian lewis super loud tools what is keeping the industry from moving this guy up lists uh you know i've i've moved lewis up a little bit before the last update i i I love him i think he's great um that last update i think was right after he returned to game action after missing the start of the year uh, I don't know if I would say Lewis has super loud tools. I would say he's just a really good athlete with a chance to develop super loud tools. And then Fat has been on a roll lately. Uh, you know, I, I don't think you have to look that much under the, the behind the curtain to see that he's having a good season. I mean, the fielding independent stats are, are really great. Uh, it's it's a lot less confusing with him than with like Dre Jameson and Ryan Nelson who are at AAA. But yeah, I think fat's definitely trending up i would say he's uh definitely top 200 prospect you know maybe top 150 and then lewis lewis is probably still just outside the top 100 i mean he's he's a ways away we're still projecting some stuff especially in the power department Uh, aj asks in a save plus hold league uh how much does that devalue closers does it impact elite closers Uh, I think it makes it just so that you're basically trying to roster the best reliever you can, whether or not they're getting saves or not. And um, like it makes the closers with mediocre ratios much less valuable, like your Gregory Soto's or like Corey Knable back before he lost that job. uh, Those guys are much less valuable. And then the setup men with elite ratios are much more valuable. So you're basically just trying to – like if I were ranking relievers for a league like that, I'd basically just rank them based on who I think the best relievers in baseball are. Uh, Ethan Sexton asked, uh, "He said I was super high on Royce Lewis pre-injury as he flew up to your rankings. Do you still feel pretty strong about him going forward, or did the injury do anything to dampen his ascent?" Uh, you know, I've I've thought a lot about Royce Lewis and just how to kind of value him. I think I I fully believe in the talent still. I believe he will make it all the way back. Like, I, I don't think this is a career ender. The one, f- the big fear I have with Lewis is just, <clears throat> is it, is he going to re-injure it? Like once he makes it back, like, are we going to be, you know, Lewis is back to the big leagues. It's a great story next summer, um, maybe like, a you know, August or something and everyone's all excited. And then like three weeks later, does he, you know, re-injure it uh, because the play he injured it on, it, you know, it wasn't like, it, it was. it just wasn't the type of play where you would have expected a, a knee injury. So um, it, he's really tough to kind of figure out uh, on last week's pod. It was the Highlander uh, underdog keeper pod. And I mentioned how like Lewis was just locked into being my underdog there. It's basically got to be a guy who took in the 13th round of the startup or later. And I just couldn't pull the trigger on it because I would have been locked into him for three years after this. Um, but I mean, I, I believe in the talent. I just think there's a ton of risk there um, for re-injury. So she's got to be careful. Ira Aronin says do do i think the odds are good miguel vargas and or michael bush will be packaged in a trade before the deadline The dodgers have chosen not to bring vargas up and get him experience for late season and playoffs uh i mean there's three months left in the season they could still bring him up um i I do not think the Dodgers are going to trade Miguel Vargas. They do not trade prospects as good as Miguel Vargas. Um, You know, if you look at like the best players, the Dodgers have traded are uh, Jordan Alvarez and O'Neill Cruz. And they traded those guys when they were teenagers who were massive. And probably any statistical model would tell you the odds of those guys becoming good big leaguers was really small. So, Miguel Vargas, a guy with a hit tool like that who uh, plays the infield and is basically big league ready. Like, that's just not a guy the Dodgers are trading. Um, maybe they trade Bush. Uh, at some point, you do kind of run out of spots for these guys. So maybe they trade Bush. But again, like, what are they trading for? Like, they maybe need help in the bullpen. Um Maybe they try to get uh, one of the Reds starters or something like that. And, you know, in, in that case, if they're, if they're going after like Luis Castillo or Frankie Montas, I could see Bush being involved, but I don't think Vargas is going anywhere. I'm actually very confident in that. And, you know, they would have to be someone would have to be getting traded that we have no idea is, is on on the block right now for Vargas to be involved. And I, and I think we do see Vargas at some point in the, in the second half of the season. Uh, Pancake Pending asks who I'm stashing at the complex league level. Um, you know, I've got Junior Caminero uh, with the Rays in a bunch of leagues. Uh, still a Victor Acosta and uh, Samuel Zavala in a few leagues. I think Gabriel Gonzalez with the the Mariners has been pretty impressive this year. The problem with complex stuff right now is it's just, you know, you, there's a lot of really handy leaderboards you can look at on fan graphs. Um, if you need me to point you in the direction of those, just hit me up, uh, direct message me or something, but you know, you can see who's doing the best in these complex leagues and you can like filter out by like, I just, I'd recommend kind of eliminating the 19 year olds. I'd recommend uh, bypassing the guys that are striking out a ton uh, and like not walking at all, but uh, you can get a nice like list of guys who are just putting up crazy numbers in the complex leagues, but uh, there's still such a small sample that I could run that same search a week from now. And half those guys that were looking really good are not going to look as good. So uh, you really, kind of got to be just churning if you're going after the guys that didn't have the the pedigree coming into the year Uh, Jason Erb says do we anticipate any of these prospects coming off the shortstop position once in the majors I've gone talent first but if they all stick at shortstop I'm in trouble Uh, O'Neill Cruz, Anthony Volpe Jordan Lawler I think those guys all stick at shortstop um, I've always thought Lawler would be a great center fielder, but he's not going to play there for, for Arizona. And then he said Jackson Trurio or Elvis Martinez, Khalil Watson, Abdel Amador. Uh, Jackson Trurio is already playing center field, so you don't have to worry about him. Or Elvis Martinez is, to me, a, a third baseman all the way, so I don't think you got to worry about him. Uh, Khalil Watson's a shortstop all the way, but I'd be more worried about just his... Performance as a hitter than where he ends up defensively, and then Amador, you know, Amador is not going to unseat Ezekiel Tovar at shortstop, so I think he probably would end up somewhere else. Um, so I think you got you got shortstops and Cruz, Volpe, and Lawler. If that's a uh, if that's a problem for you, then maybe you trade one of them. But I would not. I've I have so much FOMO right now on O'Neill Cruz. I would not trade him. Uh, I mean, you'd, you'd have to be a godfather offer, a Lawler. I wouldn't trade either, so uh, maybe Volpe. All right, Gabriel Garcia. Uh, actually got a couple of Jordan Walker questions. So, Gabriel Garcia says, uh, with Arnato and Paul Goldschmidt locked in, does Jordan Walker profile and move to right field or more of a DH? Um and then he asks if I'm optimistic. That he gets his game power. Uh, very optimistic. He gets his game power. Guys like that don't not get to their game power unless they're Eric Hosmer. Um, he could totally play right field. I mean, he's kind of tailor made for right field. And um, yeah, I just wouldn't worry about that at all. Um, he's just he's a blue chipper. They'll they'll find a spot. Uh, it won't be third base. I don't think. You know, I do think Arnado is kind of locked in there. Um, but DH right field, I mean, they'll, they'll find a spot for him. It might be annoying. I mean, it could be like a, uh, Kyle Tucker type of thing where he's just not up when everyone thinks he's ready, but I just wouldn't worry about that. Jordan Walker's a total stud. And then Robert Goldman, uh, said he knows I'm high on Jordan Walker, but do you not expect him until next year? And then only upon injury uh yeah i mean jordan walker is not coming up this year i don't think that should be the expectation at all but i think he'll whenever he is up probably sometime next year uh he'll be up for good all right Jay daniel said i just released uh g juan bay with the pirates in a roster crunch it's a competitive 12 team nl only league should i pick him back up and release cal mitchell we only have two minor league slots uh, that's a tough call. They're both they're both kind of blocked right now. Um, Bay's been on fire. Just very different types of of hitters. Like Bay is kind of a John Birdie type, where it's just you're hoping for batting average, runs, and speed. Uh, Mitchell, I think, could be the whole package, but obviously he didn't didn't do much in the majors. So there's a lot of outfielders getting a shot in Pittsburgh right now. I'd probably uh, let you know, do you need an outfielder more? Do you need a infielder more? That's probably how I would make that decision. Derek McIntyre says word is that Wilman Diaz is not progressing the way people had hoped, while Rain Doncone is gaining helium. What are your thoughts on these two Dodger complex league prospects and who would you prefer at this stage? Uh, I'd take I'd take Doncone. At this point, that's D O N C O N. Diaz, yeah, he just been a slow start. I, I mean, I'd want to be patient with him. Like, if I had Diaz in a dynasty league, I wouldn't be, you know, just dropping him and grabbing some guy that's really performing well, unless it's just a really shallow league. But yeah, if I had to choose between those two, I'd probably take Donko. Music Miles, what do you think about the opportunity for Ver Zuleta? to be a quick riser in the J system. There's a need for more arms at major league level, and Zulueta might be good enough to take on at least a multi-inning relief role. Well, we're going to find out pretty soon. I mean, he just got bumped up to double-A. I don't think it'd be crazy if he was up this year. I mean, that'd be quite an ascent. Uh, I think he opened at low-A, so that'd be crazy to go low-A, high double-A, triple-A big leagues, but He's, I think he's 24, so that wouldn't be crazy. Uh, I did want to mention, like, I'm, I'm pretty interested in Max Castillo right now with, uh, with the, 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 Blue Jays. Um, he's someone that I've scooped up in a, in a lot of leagues. Uh, he made the Brewers look really silly the other day in long relief, and he was a starter in the minors, so. I think he's a, a nice kind of under-the-radar ad in Dynasty Leagues right now. Uh, although, he did, part of the reason he made the Brewers look bad is he got to face Keston Hira a couple times, but uh, did not go well for Keston. Uh, Castillo's got a really nice change-up, and he's got a okay slider. Um, a lot of good movement on the fastball, mid-'90s fastball. Uh, Cody Martin wants to know what my outlook is for Alejandro Zuna. Uh, with the uh, rangers he asks if he is a potential top 100 guy if he keeps producing. so i haven't seen ozuna yet this year but from from what i understand he like the stats make him look like this power speed outfielder uh from what i understand he's he's not really it's more just kind of about the hit tool and you can't can't overreact to those those low A still in base totals so i think he's more of a guy that that debuts around like 250 on the top 400 uh levi palmer wanted to know if uh, christian robinson is still a hold uh i mean he was he was never a must hold for me i think he's just a total wild card i mean everyone handles this stuff differently if you just want a boomer bust type of guy like that i mean he's he's fine i'd Guess you could still hold him. Uh, he's no longer getting to play an extended spring, though, because that's that's over. So, uh, and he's not allowed to play in games where people uh, can can pay to go to the games. Uh, so I would I'd read the note on our site on him, and I think the article that's linked there from Nick Picoro, but uh, just a total wild card. Christian Robinson. Like if there's a good prospect out there who's performing that you want to grab, and Robinson's your best drop. I wouldn't hold back on that. Goods5119 says third base is absurdly shallow at the bigs and at the prospect level, and I've been chasing it for years in Dynasty. He wants to know if Brett Beatty, Mark Vientos, or Eli De La Cruz would be my priority. And then secondly, which shortstop prospects are likely to move to third base before getting to the bigs? Uh, I would rank those De La Cruz, Beatty, Vientos. Um, De La Cruz, not a lock to move to third, but probably he's already playing some third. So that's usually where a guy ends up. If if they're not playing every day, it shortstop up anymore. Um, so yeah, De La Cruz, Beatty, Vientos, uh, you know, in terms of guys that are currently shortstops who might move to third base. Um you know, the Toronto guys, like Elvis Martinez, uh, Jordan Groshans, although he might be more second base. Um, Brady House, maybe, although I that's probably 50-50. Uh, Gunnar Henderson might might uh, at least qualify at third base. He might not play third base exclusively, but um, he might qualify there. Uh, Noel v. Marte comes to mind. I mean, Gunnar Henderson, good luck trying to trade for him right now. But, um you know, you might be able to buy low on uh, Josh Young with the Rangers uh, or Zach Galloff the A's since they're both hurt. I like those guys a lot, and they're definitely third baseman. Uh, Matt Mountain, uh, what do you make of Caleb Killian's initial MLB appearances? Uh, would you cut him? He's in an NL only with seven minor spots. Would you cut him for someone in the Mason Win? Vaughn Grissom, Brandon Williamson, uh Gordon Grisefo tier. Uh, I'd definitely cut him for Win. I'd, I'd take I'd take Mason Win over him for sure. Um Mason Win's probably top 50 prospect at least. And then uh, I'd probably take I'd probably take Von Grissom over Caleb Killian. Uh but you know, there's there's issues with Killian as I touched on earlier, but Brandon Williamson and Graceffo like they're not they're not just like surefire studs so uh, I think uh, I think I think I'd hold Killian over those guys uh, Kale Loken said is our Nick Nastrini and Jose Ramos big movers for you on your next update uh, we'll see I mean Nastrini he's probably gonna make a half dozen more starts before my next update so We'll see if he's dialed back the walks. I mean, he's missing bats at a pretty crazy clip right now, though, but he's he's pretty old for his level. And then Jose Ramos is just kind of doing what he does. I, I don't really – I mean, the strikeouts are still there. power's still there. I think he, he might move up a little bit, but I don't think he can move up a ton. Um, then last question uh, from Bobby Baseball. Uh, Cardinals prospect Moises Gomez destroyed double-A. He just moved up to AAA. Is he interesting for Dynasty or was it a mirage? I mean, I to me, it's, you know, it's Quad A City with Moises Gomez, but um, there's something about what the Cardinals are doing right now. I need to have a, a Cardinals prospects ex- expert on the show, but um, they just have a ton of guys. Like everyone in their system is just performing like crazy this year um it's almost like it's something you'd kind of expect from like the Giants or the Dodgers or something but uh the Cardinals it seems like every hitter they have is is producing and you know even like Nolan Gorman the super high strikeout rate but he's producing so i don't want to say like gomez is just it's a total mirage because you know maybe there's maybe there's something that's clicking there that i just can't really see in in the numbers or in the just the video that i've access to but i think it's more much more likely than not that it's just a mirage and then the other issue is just where's this guy going to play like the card that we just talked about where's where's jordan walker going to play um you know moises gomez isn't if if jordan walker doesn't have where to play moises gomez definitely doesn't have anywhere to play and they still have like They still have like four big league outfielders. I think Lars Newtbar is interesting. Uh, So I just, I don't think there's anywhere for him to play. Um, So we might never find out if it was a Mirage or not. All right. Uh, That's going to do it for this episode of the uh, Wednesday mailbag episode of of June. And I'll be back with you next week with a guest. Uh, Thanks for tuning in.